Yes, it's more time to compute. Lots of time to compute. And if you get stuck while you're computing and have any questions or comments or want to know more about the digital world, this is a good place to be on alternate Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. Point and Click Radio, the bi-weekly computer show here on KZYX and Z. I'm Bob Lawton. And I'm Jim Hyde. Yes, this yes. is indeed the bi-weekly computer show here where we answer your computer questions and bring you the latest computer and internet news. Some of it is good. Some of it is bad. We, we're going to start with some bad <laughs> tonight. <laughs> Might as well get it over with. Yeah, and then we're going to talk about uh, at length about Apple's new announcements from its Worldwide Developers Conference last week, including um, a new laptop, a new Mac Studio desktop computer, and the Vision Pro, the futuristic, futuristic spatial computing headset that. Um, is incredibly expensive and incredibly cool. We'll talk about that and what it means and what, how, how it may hint at the future or a future way of interacting with computers. Did, um, Jim, did you say Mac Pro? Mac Studio. Well, don't forget the Mac Pro. <laughs> Oh, the Mac Pro. Yeah, that's right. There's that, too. I have to tell you a quick story. When I was in college, there was a fast food place. It was a local, local, uh, locally owned place, uh, not a franchise, and it was called Moo and Cackle. <laughs> and you can imagine what they specialized in. Right? They, <laughs> yeah. they had hamburgers, and then they were supposed to have, you know, like fried chicken. Right. Only something happened, and they didn't get the chicken equipment. And there was a, a, you know, one of those uh, sign boards where you can change the lettering. And it said, chicken next week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And the whole four years I was in college, it said chicken next week. For <laughs> <laughs> kind of like virtual reality, because this, this is, you know, right. it's always been, every year has been the year of virtual reality. But that uh, was the, that, uh, that's, that's, what br- that's what brings me to the MacBook Pro. It was like, MacBook Pro, next quarter. Mac, or, I mean, the Mac Pro. The Mac Pro. Mac Pro is going to be updated. You know, it's going to, you know, we're going to have it. But this goes back like 10 or 15 years from when they had the one that they called the trash can. Remember the trash they, can the Mac round Pro? cylindrical paper towel yeah. bowl. The original Mac Pro was called the cheese grater because it looked like a giant stainless steel cheese grater with all the holes in it. Right. And then they wanted to slim it down and make it a little less, um, you know, a little less... Uh, material intensive so they came out with this little tiny digital thing that was still very fast and you know at the at the cutting edge and then they came out with cheese grater 2 which was much fancier and smaller and way more expensive and this is when you could get uh, optional casters for a thousand dollars extra <laughs> you know, right. it, it just got to be kind of the the bad joke about apple and what they f- what they were going to do uh, when they came out with the Apple Silicon, which I think is now more than two years, they came out with the M1 processors uh, and started switching all of Apple's products over to Apple's uh, house-designed Silicon rather than using the Intel processors. And I think the first ones they came out with were like the iMac and the Mac Mini and maybe one of the laptops, something like that. So they've been gradually moving all their product line of Mac computers um over to these new processors. Of course, the uh, portable devices, the iPads and the iPhones, have been on Apple Silicon since way early in their their uh, timelines. But 
this last Mac Pro, they kept promising it was definitely, finally, you know, Tim Cook would get up every time he had a keynote and say, this thing is coming, you know, trust us, we're going to have it, you know, like early next spring or next year by the end of or the fall of or something. And they finally uh, got it moved over to the Apple Silicon and that, you know, this is one of those things where people have been waiting forever. Now, the good news about this for people that are into high-end Macs is the intel-based mac pro the most recent one and they haven't changed the form factor they've just changed over to the apple processors if you tricked out uh the build to order mac pro in the intel version you could come up with a version that would cost something like fifty two thousand dollars <laughs> yeah you know this is like with 16 graphics cards and you know a two or a terabyte of ram or something like that Anyway, they've uh, come out with the M3 version, which has um, the M2 Ultra processor in it, I believe, the, the fastest processor that Apple makes. And I don't know how many of them are in there. There's a lot of them. But the, the price for the entry-level model is just about the same. But apparently, the shoot-the-moon version, which has every single possible build-to-order option, comes in at under 20000 something like maybe fifteen or 16000 It's way, way lower cost. So they well, were... and that's largely because all that stuff is built on a single chip yes. rather than all the discrete chips because the Apple Silicon is basically a, a, an entire computer on a chip. It has these what, what would traditionally be thought of as the CPU as well as the graphics processor, the GPU, um, and all of the memory. So, yeah. And we're going to talk about all of that, but we're getting yes. ahead of ourselves. We're not supposed to be talking about Apple yet. We're supposed to be talking oh, about right. the Right. Bad so, news first. I'm sorry. I was getting carried we're away. We're going to start there. with that. You, 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 you tangent, tangent us. I know. I'm sorry. Anyway. So yes, this is from a, um, a Wired news um, article from uh, from just a couple of days ago. The U.S. is openly stockpiling dirt on all its citizens. A newly declassified report from the Office of the Director of Intelligence reveals that the federal government is buying troves of data about Americans. The article goes on. The United States government has been secretly amassing a large amount of sensitive and intimate information on its own citizens, a group of senior advisors informed Avril Haines, the director of natural intelligence, more than a year ago. The size and scope of the government effort to accumulate data revealing the minute details of Americans' lives are described soberly and at length by the director's own panel of experts in a newly declassified report. Um, quote, um, a policy attorney um, a, at the uh, nonprofit Demand Progress said, quote, this report reveals what we feared most. Intelligence agencies are flouting the law and buying information about Americans that Congress and the Supreme Court have made clear the government should not have. And I guess the, 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 the deal is, as near as I understand it, some of the various like foreign intelligence service acts, surveillance act, um, some of those things that were um, uh, those laws that were passed just after 9/11 <clears throat> banned the government from collecting that information on its own, but it didn't ban the government from buying it from <laughs> companies that collect it, and so apparently the, uh, the 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 federal government has been taking advantage of that basically Grand Canyon-sized loophole to be able to buy information that would otherwise be 
um, that would be required that, that would require a warrant or even just plain illegal for the government to collect. It's more than a loophole, God. Yeah. That's a Grand Canyon size. Yeah, loophole. it is a Grand Canyon size. <laughs> it's a solar system sized loophole. Yeah. Well, I yeah, guess, yeah. you know, maybe they're saving a lot of tax dollars by not having the spy agencies do it with all their overhead, just, you know, getting <laughs> getting email lists from spammers, you know. It's, it's, you know, it's a jobs program. It helps keep, you know, tech employees, uh, tech workers employed. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but the report is it's, it's scary. The Wired article, you can look at it at Wired.com if you do a search for uh, – um, or go to wired.com. Uh, there's an art, uh, the article is from the 12th, just uh, two days ago from Monday, um, that goes into it in, in exhaustive and depressing detail. Um, and I believe that it also links to the, yeah, it links to the actual, um, report in itself. So, you know, what can you say about it? It's, it's just, you know, it's, um, dispiriting depressing infuriating um well have, they, have anybody made any legal challenges was there anything in the article about um i don't know that any legal challenges have been made yet because this is a and, and if they have the um you know the the genie got out of the bottle years ago i, I mean, guess this yeah report is a year old it was just declassified now so, you know, this is all stuff that was happening two, three, four years ago. I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe Congress has enacted any kind of privacy legislation whatsoever. I mean, whatever the DMCA or the, the, the what was it, the Article 240 or something that they're always talking about. Right. I, I don't think that uh, actually uh, ties the hands of Facebook or Instagram or Google or anybody as far as, you know, buying and selling and trading information. And why wouldn't they want to sell it to anybody that wants to pony up the money for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, if it's the government, man. The, and, and this is kind of one of those, whenever we we share one of these kind of grim internet privacy or data privacy stories, we try to say, well, here's what you can do to kind of protect yourself. Um, in this case, again, that ship has kind of sailed because this is all stuff that happened a couple of years ago. Um, that said, our friends at the Electronic Frontier uh, Foundation, EFF.org, have a really nice um, subsection on their website called Surveillance Self-Defense. Tips, tools, and how-tos for safer online communications. And you can get to that at SSD, as in Surveillance Self-Defense, ssd.eff.org. So there's no www in there. It's just ssd.eff.org. If you just go to eff.org, Electronic Frontier, uh, Frontier Foundation, again, is the organization, um, you will find, uh, you'll, you'll find links to it. But... Um, it's it's got some really great basic uh, approaches to um, protecting your uh, your um, privacy and and just in general having a safer online experience. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's uh, that's something about that. I mean, this this seems like this news is coming out on, on a weekly basis, practically about the overreaching from from all the digital the digital world you know the digital underbelly surveillance capitalism the yeah. fact that you know 
some of the biggest companies on the internet and the biggest um, highest profile websites like Google are have a, a business strategy built around tracking you so that they can put eyeballs in front of your eyes. But then once that tracking is done, who knows how that information is going to be used. Um, and that's the, you know, that's the scary thing. If it was just like, well, okay, you know, it's creepy that I can go to one website and look at a pair of shoes and then go to a different website and see an ad for that same pair of shoes. That's kind of creepy in, in and of itself. But, you know, once data is collected, then, and this was proven hugely by the Cambridge Analytica scandal oh, with yeah. Facebook. Once the data is collected, it can be used for all manner of things. So, um, you know, that's the, that's the kind of the discouraging part. And then the flip side of discouraging is the impetus to um, just be a smart Internet user and, uh, and, you know, educate yourself on the ways that you can enhance your privacy um, and, and uh, defend against that unwanted uh, surveillance and I don't mean surveillance like the government spying on you, although it turns out they are. But, but I mean the uh, surveillance of the of the capitalist, uh, the capitalist surve- capital uh, surveillance capitalism. That's yeah, the phrase. Well, online track, online tracking, uh, email tracking, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, I just heard something recently about uh, Ring doorbell, which um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's um you know it's part of the internet of things it's a doorbell that's a smart doorbell that also has a video cam and the 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 basic premise is that you can open your device or look at your computer screen and see who's at your door yeah but the thing is recording all the time and the only way you can implement this feature or i mean the only way you can implement this device is to click one of those terms of service things where you're basically agreeing to everything you know, including the kitchen sink, and um, you cannot get the device to operate the way you want it. You have to agree to have it operate the way Google, who, who now owns Ring, wants it. And they stream your video to their servers, and they collect it, and they save it, and they have it there. And it turns out that um, your personal private videos, if you have a Ring camera, because I guess they also have them for... Um, uh, security purposes. You know, you can monitor you right. mo- monitor a, a, a nurse, uh, you know, a child nursery with uh, kids, infants in it. You can monitor your living room windows to see if anybody's looking in them, and it records video and sound. And just however many of these cameras you have, it's just constantly harvesting the the, the video information and storing it. And they made it so that anybody that was a Ring employee or the employee of a Ring subcontractor had unlimited access, unrestricted access to everybody's videos. And it just, yeah. it got to be, I mean, it was a scandal, but, you know, they have impunity about this stuff because nobody's stopping them. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't get found out until after the, after, the, uh, after the cat is out of the bag, after the genie is out of the bottle. Yeah. Until the horse is left stable. <laughs> <laughs> after the data has left the server yes after the data <laughs> that's that's what's that's always what's scary and yeah. always what's infuriating yeah. it always is this after the fact um revelation that uh someone has abused the terms of service of their product or, or there's been a data leak or there's been the sale of data in ways that you agreed to when you signed up for the website but you didn't really realize it because you didn't read that five thousand word terms of service all capital letters tiny print 
um, uh, thing that you supposedly agree to when you signed right. up. And everything and you waive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, ssd.eff.org, ssd.eff.org is a great resource for check, um, check it out. Helping to uh, you know safeguard your, uh, your 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 digital privacy. Exactly. Anyway, I don't have a ring doorbell. I don't. <laughs> I don't especially want uh, or long for a ring doorbell. I imagine there's ways that you. We don't can... have a doorbell. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a doorbell. I I barely have a door. You know, it's just out there in the country. Anyway, um, it's. I'm sure that you can set these kinds of things up on your own if you wanted to have a video, yes. video monitor you can and there are a lot of companies that specifically say like this doesn't require a oh. your, your your company to or your camera to you know talk to the central server somewhere it's just you know it stores the video that it captures on its own memory inside the camera and right. you connect to it you know through through wi-fi and things like that so yes there are definitely much more privacy oriented um, you know, like trail cams or game game cameras and, you know, uh, security type cameras. Yeah. The thing is, these products are so convenient. You know, you just pop it in, download the app, click a couple things. Yeah. Agree to the terms of service and you're on your yeah. way with your doorbell monitoring and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing you mentioned, the Cambridge Analytica, and I've been thinking about that a lot because um this is like that old adage about history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes or something like that. The next time one of these Cambridge Analytica things comes along, it's not going to look at all like Cambridge Analytica did. It's going to be a whole other other yeah. paradigm that they that that's going to basically accomplish the same thing, but using different methodology. And so it's it's just necessary to have. Uh, a kind of uh, guarded awareness about whatever could happen in the digital world you know it's yeah. just it's just um it's weird <laughs> you know yeah just you know I, I mean i i just and i think that guarded awareness is the exact right way to describe it it's you know i i, I wouldn't want to forsake all of the amazing things that the internet age and mobile devices and Internet-enabled security cameras and all that good stuff uh, provide, but um, it's just a matter of using it with the awareness that um, that sometimes there are security issues or privacy issues, and you try to find the products that are the least invasive, um, and you use them in smart ways, like hiding your email address, as we've talked about on many shows. In many the past. shows, yep. So you know, it's just being being informed and being uh, and being and being careful out there. I heard something funny. I think it was the essayist Adam Gopnik. Adam Gopnik writes uh -huh. New Yorkers, and he has a new book out. And I heard an interview with him, and he was just talking about his kids and uh, you know how much they uh, love their computers. And he was saying, "Well, when I was young, there weren't any computers." <laughs> and one of his kids says, "Well, Daddy, how did you get on the internet?" <laughs> There you have it. There you have it. <laughs> uh, I like it. <laughs> anyway, speaking of getting on the internet, uh, we were on the internet last Monday on June 5th, and it was a big morning for Apple freaks and technology freaks and uh, just uh, the, the, the lay of the landscape in general. Um, I just want to start out by saying things are getting close to home because Apple came out with a new version of their Mac OS. 
Yeah. And uh, they keep naming it after interesting things and places, and they started out with uh, big jungle cats like jaguar and puma and mountain lion and stuff like that, and then, then they moved to, um, uh, I guess you'd call them geographic places of interest in California, like Yosemite and uh, Mavericks and right. and Big Sur and stuff like that. Now they've switched to place names. Yep. Uh, city names, actually, because the some of the ones have been um, what uh, uh, Monterey, Monterey Ventura, Ventura, and is this the current one. Yes, the current one is is Cloverdale. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Mendocino. No, Jimtown. <laughs> well, I heard a rumor there was going to be close. Mendocino because they found some um, code in one of those hidden away preference files or something on some device and it said mac os mendocino but it was it was just you know it was in some developer thing it never got uh -huh. close to service but the new one is going to be called sonoma sonoma which is also a county and a, and a city and ventura and monterey are both county names and and city names that's true and so sonoma is going to be the next version of the mac operating system that software that helps your that allows your mac imac MacBook, laptop, whatever it might be, um, start up and run. Well, and if they're sticking with those parameters, maybe Mendocino is next because there's a town and a county. So we would. It, good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, how about mm, that? I like that. Yeah, keep your fingers crossed. No, don't keep yeah. your fingers crossed. Sonoma can have it. That's close enough. Yeah, they can have the, they can have the publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the traffic. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, and, and these operating system updates are always free. They come out every year in the fall. They're always announced at this Worldwide Developers Conference because that gives all the software and hardware developers time to, you know, play with the pre-release versions and make sure that their stuff runs on the final version when it comes out. Um, and, and Sonoma, the Sonoma operating system is no different. It's going to be out this fall sometime. And I'm not even, Bob, I don't even really know like what it does. I mean, I know what it does, but I don't know, I don't know what's new. Well, um, it has predictive text. Ah, it has a game mode. It has a new version of Safari with profiles. This is new. A browser with built-in profiles. Um, you can set up a personal profile, a work profile, like a school profile. If you have a, a family computer with multiple people using the browser, they can have their own pro profile as not, not part of the computer itself, which they can do, which they already can do, but this will be a built into the new version of Safari coming out in um, macOS Sonoma. They uh, That's cool. announced new video screensavers, kind of like the Apple TV has. Oh, uh, oh yeah. They're going to have cool. really cool, um, um, very, you know, like those, uh, what do you call them? The, um, uh, you know, the video, the moving video, aerial, aerial photography type screensavers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be able to share passwords with family members. Um, and they had something really cool for the FaceTime. It's called Presenter Overlay. If you're trying to show a slideshow, instead of having to jump back and forth between your face and what the slides are, they're using, um, they're using, they don't, Apple doesn't use artificial intelligence or AI as a descriptor. They call it the neural engine or, yeah, or machine or learning. Machine learning. And so um, if you're pr doing a presentation over FaceTime, you can have your image and it'll figure out how to put the, the slide deck you're showing behind you 
and uh, it'll do this uh, you know using computational methods so that uh, you can have that in the video and it looks pretty cool also they're going to keep making the mac system a little more similar to the iphone and ipad systems by now having widgets on desktops and if you have a widget on your your portable device apparently if you bring it close to a newer version of the mac running the sonoma uh, operating system the widget will pop up on your mac screen from your portable device so there's this lot of this uh Inter inter device uh, communication that kind of stuff going on. Interesting. Another thing that Safari is doing, which I think is really cool, um, you're going to be able to create web apps from browser pages and put them in the dock. So this is a kind of That's a cool nice. thing too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you have a, a favorite page you go to on a website to do something. Um, they're going to make this into like a web app that'll come up. You click on it, the page opens up in its own container, like it was an app. And there, Ooh, I like and, that. And there it is. Yeah, I will use that for sure. I like that a lot. I do too. Uh, locked private browsing windows, which one commenter called uh, porn mode. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. guess when you step away from the computer, well, or boss mode, you know, you could call it. <laughs> That's it. Well, it's boss. Boss mode. mode. Yeah, yeah, boss mode. <laughs> This is a family radio, family radio show. <laughs> yes, everybody has bosses. Um, apparently, if you step away from the computer, it, it senses it, or it, it, you know, it figures out some way to to just automatically mask that window when it's wow. uh, on the screen. If if wow. if it's a private browsing window, which is right. a special feature of most browsers now, you know, it has more uh, security options than the um, just the straight old ordinary browser window and that's actually something you know just getting back to privacy and security for just a second to just remind folks that that private browsing mode exists in every major browser yes um uh, google chrome calls it incognito mode um apple safari calls it uh, private browsing um i don't know what firefox calls it um but it exists in all of the major browsers and it's a great way to do um, web surfing as long as you don't need to do things like signing into a particular thing you wouldn't use private browsing to sign on to your online bank or onto you know a newspaper that you subscribe and pay for and have a subscription to and have to sign on for um, because one of the things that privacy uh, that, that these private browsing modes do is prevent the kind of tracking cookies and other kinds of tracking that um, that are Part of the operation of normal legitimate websites um so um and also it doesn't record in your uh, browser history um when you use private browsing mode you may find when you're in private browsing mode that some things don't work some websites don't work properly because they do require that tracking to be able to tell what you're doing as you go from one web page to another um, but um a lot of Websites will work just fine in private browsing mode. So just knowing about private browsing and knowing that you can turn that on when you don't want cookies to be planted, tracking things planted on your computer, and when you don't want the um, browsing history to show up in the history uh, window, um, then uh, then uh, it's a good thing to know about. And as long as we're um, off the Apple uh path for a moment um, and talking about browsers I've been using a browser called ghostery dawn 
which is turns out to be fantastically uh, configurable for privacy. It has ad blocking, anti-tracking, a feature called never consent. Selects optimal privacy settings automatically, which stops websites from asking you to accept cookies. Oh, wow. You you can take your cookies and go have lunch. Um, In the garbage can. And it also sends important messages to website owners telling them that you don't want to be tracked. Now, that's a new one. I like that. I like that, yeah. Um, It's called Ghostery Dawn, and I think it's still ghostery.com. And uh, you can just search for Ghostery Dawn browser. Um, I don't think I know if I have the web page here. But um, Ghostery's been around for a long time as um, an um, extension for browsers, a browser extension that will help to um, block. But like a lot of these companies that started out doing that, um, they now actually have um, their own browser like uh, DuckDuckGo was a search site that you would go to in another browser, but now DuckDuckGo has its own browser. I believe it's Mac only. I think Ghostery, Ghostery is cla- uh, cross-platform. So um, it's it's also um, one I would recommend because I've had really good results with it, um, keeping, nice. uh, keeping my browsing as private as possible. Anyway, um, some of the um, Mac uh, pundits are saying that the Mac OS Sonoma is... Uh, pretty small potatoes for a major software update. So they're kind of comparing it to like Leopard, Snow Leopard, Lion, Mountain Lion, where the succeeding right. version was more just a technological improvement, you know, getting some into... Spit and polish here and there, some spit, new features yeah, here and there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Um, there are... Um, Apple has is dropping some of the older Macs from supporting Sonoma, Um there is uh, the the computer that I'm using right now that I'm looking at you, Bob, through and talking into yes. um, is a 2017 iMac. Okay. And this computer will not be able to run Sonoma. Wow. Um, 2017? Dropping 2017 iMacs from 2019 and later. Um, and various other um, MacBook Air, Mac Mini, MacBook Pro from 2018 and later. The iMac Pro, that weird dark iMac that they sold 17 of um, from 2017. But um, so there must be some stuff going on in the hood, under the hood, where older yeah. machines like mine um, are not able to run it. And I, I that makes sense because I installed Ventura on this 2017 iMac of mine and I regret it. Oh, no. <laughs> I needed it because some software that I use, like Photoshop, required it, but it has really slowed down the machine. Wow. And it just goes to illustrate what we talk about on the show all the time when it comes to these operating system upgrades, either from Apple or from Microsoft, new versions of Windows. Don't run out and install it on an older machine necessarily right away until you take the temperature of the room and, you know, do a little research to see how well it runs on older machines. Ventura does not run on my iMac. It walks yeah. on my <laughs> iMac. And, uh, you know, and, and um, so um, that's going to lead me to get a new Mac Studio this summer, which we can also talk about right. in the, in the, in the next. Um but uh, 
Yeah, it's uh, Apple is dropping some of the older machines for the compatibility list for the um, new uh, Mac OS Sonoma when it comes out this fall. It's about uh, 7.33 here in Mendocino County. You're tuned to KZYX Philo, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah. And this is Point Radio. We're the bi-weekly computer show. And we wanted to take a quick second to uh, thank everyone who contributed during KZYX's on-air fundraising drive last month. Thanks for your comments and suggestions, but we did not reach our goal, and it is important for us to meet our operating expenses. So please do your part to ensure that KZYX is here for you. Click the red Donate button online at kzyx.org. Drop by the station in Philo during business hours or mail your contribution to KZYX P.O. Box 1, Philo, California, 95466. Thank you. And thanks to everybody who helps support KZYX and Z. Sorry that we didn't make the goal, but um, it's never too late to support community radio, and it's important. That's for sure. That's for sure, my friend. Yeah, um, the Mac Studio, we're, we're sort of coming down from the top, which is the Mac Pro. I think we gave that its due. And now, now it can go back into the uh, production studios of Hollywood uh, exactly. movie companies. and 3D uh, rendering crowd. Yes, wherever else it's used. But um, it's nice that they did that, though, because Apple really deserves to have a absolute top of the line. And apparently this... Uh, uh, new version of the Mac Pro uh, with its super ultra processors and its, um, you know, the way that they've improved the technology of the microprocessors themselves, the whole new concept of everything all on one chip has just completely revolutionized the, yeah. the performance of these devices. It's mind-blowing. It really has. And for laptops, it has transformed battery life. Yes, I yes. Mean, the, the amount of power that you get out of an Apple Silicon the, the amount of usage time, the hours of use, um, is just crazy. Hmm. It's really amazing. So yes, so the Mac Studio, this was a really cool machine that Apple introduced maybe, what was it, a year or two ago, when, um, which, which it, it looks like the Mac Mini, this kind of only what, about five by five inch little cube, um, several inches high, but it is basically a little tiny workstation on your desk. It's really designed for people who are doing, um, you know, more advanced digital photography, Photoshop stuff, video editing, music, audio recording, um, even advanced things like computer aided design, video editing. Um, and Apple really kind of surprised a lot of people when they came out with it a couple of years ago because it really packed a lot of features aimed at that audience into a tiny little package. Um, and it has a slot on it that you can put your camera's digital memory card in, and it has lots and lots of ports for connecting hard drives and other printers and other peripherals. And at the Worldwide Developers Conference, Apple introduced um, updated Mac Studio computers that use the M2 chips instead of the M1 chip and a later generation, a more recent generation of the Apple Silicon chips, um, to provide even more speed. Uh, and they're in the kind of, what, maybe $1,900 to $2,900 ballpark. And then, of course, you can go up from there by adding lots of memory or more storage and that kind of thing. So they're not... 
they're not low-end computers, but they also pack just an amazing amount of speed into a uh, into a small package for that price point. Um, it's actually it, the Mac Studio only came out a little more than a year ago, I think. Because wow. um, yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at a picture I took at the Apple Store in San Francisco, and it's dated May third, twenty twenty two, and it's a picture of a mac studio and the big monitor that they had paired with it and that was the first time i actually saw one in the wild and i think it was just like a few weeks after they actually released it mm -hmm. so it's that's pretty good i mean that's quite an improvement for just the the space of a year and the fact that they uh, put a whole new version of the chip in it and and did all those things they do to increase the uh, capability yeah. Um, one yeah. thing one thing that is different and i don't want to keep saying mac pro but <laughs> it has basis slots for uh, accessory cards from third-party manufacturers that do absolutely all kinds of things. And this is the one reason why they, if Apple wants to stay relevant in the um, advanced computing field, they have to have a, a device that will take um, what are called PCI cards because they have, they build these things for everything, you know, for piloting rocket ships or, you know, submarines or... Hooking up to lab equipment. Yeah, yeah. Even in the audio world, um, a lot of recording yes. studios need these very specialized cards that have, like, pristine audio quality um, sorts of things. Yeah, or, or running factory processes, uh, you know, a, a zillion different things. Uh, and these cards are mostly found in the world of Intel, Windows, PCs. But the cards uh, conform to an industry standard, so Apple can also make a machine that uh, that uses those and that's what this new Mac Pro has yeah the, the updated Mac Pro but the Mac Studio it's the I mean it looks like a Mac mini but it's like three stories tall instead of one story tall. exactly it's yeah kind, exactly kind of a very cute computer and takes up a very small footprint you know it's like the size of a square bread box maybe or or less and this is not a computer that has a monitor built in. This is not like the IMAX, right. uh, where it's one machine, uh, you know, basically a giant display, and the computer is inside that display. Um, you do need to add a separate display um, for that uh, to, for, for a Mac Studio. Um, and there's all kinds of interesting, like, display support built into it, um, where it'll run something like five or six monitors yeah. you can connect to, something crazy. But it's a really, really appealing machine for people who are in that audience that, that I described, a kind of more advanced creative pro. They're a professional creative um, doing video editing, audio production, CAD, um, architectural stuff, um, advanced graphics work. Um, uh, you know, that kind of thing is, is really where the, uh, the target audience for a machine like that. And it's got a lot of bang for the buck for that price. It does. And the nice thing is, if you already have a setup that uh, is running an expensive uh, energy-consuming Windows machine, you, basically you can bring in the Mac Studio and just plug all your existing keyboards, uh, peripherals, monitors, and the whole the whole bunch right into the Mac Studio and you're off and running. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like a easy remodel there so from there we go to the macbook air the 15 inch macbook air which is another mach new machine that uh apple introduced uh the macbook air of course is these the the family of laptops that are um light as air they're 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 the, the very very lightweight portable machines um this is the first 15 inch macbook air a um, couple of different versions is the usual bit, you know, depending on how much memory you get and how much storage you get. Um, start at uh, 1200 bucks and go up to uh, 1500 bucks. 
Um, and they are available. I think um, I think they're available now. They're available now. I think you were able to order them right after the announcement, and uh, they would be shipping this week, which is amazing. Uh, apparently, this is. Um, I've heard uh, uh, some people talking about it. One of them reviewed this for MacWorld, I believe, and they say that's basically the 13-inch Mac. Uh, um, MacBook Air stretched out to 15. So they just basically grabbed the corner. Grabbed the corner and <laughs> grabbed the little handle and with the jiggling lines and stretched it out to 15. No, but um, it does have a, a bigger battery, but apparently the battery mostly just keeps up with the extra screen area. Hmm. Um, it does have six speakers instead of four, and it does have a little tiny bit more weight and a slightly larger trackpad. Uh, but if you like a large screen, it's great because it's not that expensive. And I think they actually lowered the um, cost of the smaller version. Um, mm. So this is actually kind of nudging in to make like maybe $100 more than the lower version if you got um, uh, a slightly improved version than the than the bare bones entry level and they're also continuing the m1 mac book air which is now the uh lowest price and i think that's 999 apple can still claim that they have a laptop under a thousand dollars right right <laughs> but um the um the thing they said about this is that um it's really not any different but it's still the world's thinnest 15-inch laptop, and it's the MacBook Air. If you're familiar with the Air from years gone by, it no longer has that tapered teardrop shape where it thins out yeah. on the on the on the uh, opposite the hinge side, which a lot of people are glad because I guess it was kind of you know if you're if you're curling up on the couch with an old MacBook Air, you're just like um, you know. Um, handling a butcher knife or something like that when you're trying to uh, get comfortable with it um one tip they did give on the review i was listening to um it comes at uh, a basic configuration with a 256 gigabyte um, solid state drive for storage right and what they said is that it's that is slower than the 512 gigabyte uh ssd version because it only has one um, storage controller and the 512 has two storage controllers so it like doubles the read write speed so it's uh i think it's only i can't remember what the difference is but they recommended not getting the 256 version because it would not be as as uh peppy as the the 512 so there's a lot to learn about those uh entry-level versions that apple puts out because they like to make money off uh upselling you on things like ram and um and uh, storage memory. This uh, new MacBook Air, you can get up to 24 gigabytes of of RAM memory and up to two terabytes of storage space on the on the hard drive on the SSD. Yeah. So you can jack the price up way up. But um, for a 15-inch laptop, this is a pretty good uh, pretty good entry-level price. Would be good for students going off to college or people who like to have um, a slightly larger display to um, to view the content. Yeah. And of course, all these machines can connect to a, an external monitor as well. So right. you can, you know, you can basically use it as a, like a laptop. I mean, like a desktop machine, right. um, because it's basically more or less as powerful as as, as one. And I think so they, from there we move to yes. <laughs> one more thing, right? Well, did we cover all the other stuff? I think they they had the Max and they had the Air. Oh, well, there's uh, new updates to the 
Oh, mobile operating mobile systems. Operating iOS, systems. Yes, iPad yes. OS and watch OS. Right, all um, kinds of software. Yeah, lots but, of software updates. But as far, as far as hardware, it was just all Macs, Macs, Macs all the way down. And I think they started out with the 15-inch MacBook Air because I think they were really proud of that. And uh, it was shipping the week after the announcement, so that's right now. So I think they wanted to get people excited about that and maybe sell a few more. But yeah. now we go to... Uh, <laughs> Towards the end. Into, the, into, into space, into the world of spatial computing. Yes. The one more thing. Tim Cook got up actually live in the video. Um, I don't think he was live there at the uh, Apple campus, but um, he got on stage and wanted to dem to uh, introduce the uh, the one more thing, which was, drumroll. The Vision Pro. Vision Pro. Headset. Yeah. This was one of the worst kept Apple new product secrets, uh, probably in, in recent Apple history. It has been rumored for years that Apple was working on a visor, a headset, something sort of like, but more Apple-like uh, than the, uh, the, the Oculus Quest, those devices that Meta, that Facebook's parent company sells, um, that... You wear on your head, wear on your face as kind of like a pair of binoculars attached to a brick <laughs> that straps onto your head. And they're very popular in the, in the Oculus world for gaming. Um, and they're very cool for, for that. Um, and there have been attempts by Facebook, by Meta, to try to make it kind of a more businessy, well, you know, this is something you can sit around a, a virtual conference table with, you know, people in different cities wearing a brick in your forehead and having a business <laughs> meeting. That so far has not really uh, taken taken fire. And because this acceptance of these headsets has been really kind of meh. Um, a lot of people are saying, like, is, is, is really is Apple going to really do this? You know, they really only kind of enter a new market when they think it's going to be a chance to really kind of transform it and, you know, uh, do like what they did with the iPhone, or with the iPad or the Mac itself. Um, and um, a lot of people were saying, yeah, that, you know, Apple maybe is probably not going to do, uh, going to do this. Well, they did it. <laughs> Finally. And they, they introduced a headset that I guarantee you, well, I guarantee. I would bet a hundred dollars that no one in our listening area, uh, area buys one. If we get proof that one of our listeners <laughs> buys a Vision Pro, I will make a hundred dollar donation to this radio station. How oh, about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because the thing is thirty five hundred dollars. I may go buy one and just just to. <laughs> just, <laughs> just to help. How about giving the radio station thirty five hundred? How about giving the radio station thirty five hundred? <laughs> Or I could give the station the the headset, and then you would have to give them the. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's a it's a proof of concept. There's a, there was talk that Tim Cook was just the the engineers were saying no, no, Tim, just no, no, it's too soon. Just we're just not quite ready. But Tim, Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, was just really anxious to get his Apple product. You know, this is one Johnny Ive's been gone for a while. Um, you know, they came out with the iPhone, Steve Jobs, the iPad, Steve Jobs, the Apple Watch was a Johnny Ive kind of uh, rolled thing, you know, going all the way back to the iPod. All those things have been 
landmark products that have changed uh, society in, in 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 profound ways you know and and apple Both positive and otherwise yeah and apple didn't come up with the original concept of any of these really there were you know electronic smart watches there were portable music players there were smartphones that had cameras and text but they they would you know they were flip phones and things like that right. And Apple came up with a lot of groundbreaking technology for all these devices that improved the game for just just the convenience of of daily users. You didn't have to be, you know, somebody that owns your own private jet to have this kind of technology and, and utilize it. It it got right. down to street level for everybody. And this is something that I think Tim Cook felt was a um, he didn't debut the Apple Car, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> right yes <laughs> wouldn't that be a one more thing that would be yeah, and there's been be rumors true. about that for years and years and years and evidence yeah. that apple has been working on you know automotive technology but um tim decided to go ahead and and pull the cord and let the um let the goggles drop <laughs> on, <laughs> at the uh, at the uh, worldwide developers conference and uh, apparently it's just got so much technology stuffed into this well they look kind of like ski goggles i guess you would compare right. them to they're not yeah they're not they're not bricks they're not as bulky and no. awkward as um as the oculus devices they're they're smaller they're lighter they look more comfortable they're very um, stylish they're typical very... apple stylish yeah. style you know look behind to them um there's a separate battery that you kind of put in your pocket and it's tethered to the visor with a with a wire um which is again kind of proof that like this is you know this is the first version. Now let's reflect back on kind of the original Mac in 1984, where it was very slow, it was pretty underpowered, it didn't have much storage at all, and it was $2,500, which is a lot more than $2,500 in 2023 dollars. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are making that same basic comparison of like, yeah, this is. The version that developers are going to buy to do basically research. It really um, it introduces a new. I'm going to use the word slap me for it paradigm in user interaction. There isn't a mouse. You don't touch a glass surface like a tablet or a phone. You don't have to hold little controller uh, handhold things in your hands like you do with a lot of the other visors. Instead. The, the Apple visor, the, the Vision Pro, is ringed with all of these different sensors and cameras around the bottom of it that watch what your hands are doing. And so you can, everyone has seen the movie Minority Report because everybody talks about user interfaces where you can just swipe things and move them around with your hands. It brings us closer to that. It's much more akin to that than it is to point and click we're gonna have to change the name of the show bob you know i don't know what i don't you know. know point and point and wave your hand point and wave <laughs> wave <laughs> waving <laughs> and it's really there's there are videos on apple's site um that show the thing in use there's all kinds of crazy features where it if somebody comes into the room when you're using it it shows your eyes through the visor so that it you know so that it doesn't just close you off the way the other visors do. Which, um, which I thought made it look... way too much that we can describe on the show, and that really is worth describing. I really encourage folks to go to Apple's website and watch the, uh, watch the videos about it, because 
even if you're gonna, not going to buy one, even if you think it's ridiculous, and I don't think it's ridiculous, but nor am I going to buy one, um, it's really just interesting because to me it definitely points to some kind of future down the road where we're going to interact with computers in a way that is different than we're using, we're interacting now. We've already seen that. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. touch devices like the phone and the tablets where you t directly touch the piece of glass and move things around. That was a completely new Parad way of interacting with computers. It was a new paradigm. It was a new paradigm. It was. We're going to get our money's worth out of that $10 word tonight. Well, exactly. It's, it costs a pair of dimes. Yeah. And so the, uh, the, um, the Vision Pro is the first kind of very expensive architectural stake in the ground for what will probably be not maybe maybe not the future of how we interact with computers but a future just in the same way that the iphone and the ipad and tablets from everybody and smartphones that didn't get rid of mice it didn't make the mouse go extinct no. it just gave us another way to interact yeah. with our information and for with our games or what are our applications, our websites, whatever it is we're doing. Um, it just gave us another way to interact with those devices yeah. or that, with that information. When I watched the demo, my jaw dropped when, not when they were showing, you know, people using it for FaceTiming or, you know, video conferencing or watching a movie, but when they were working on a computer monitor that was putting the display of the computer monitor up in the glasses and it's like your whole room became you know your, 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 your photoshop canvas i mean or yeah, something yeah. like that i mean that was astounding and then they brought a second monitor in so you had a two monitor display in the one headset i think right. for a lot of intensive types of computing where you're you know working on maps or 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 uh you know space photography or something like that you could it you could be so much more immersive especially yeah. if you can use the hand gesture to zoom in and all that kind of stuff i mean i can see a whole lot more use cases than just playing games like uh people are doing on the oculus you know totally totally and, and apple as a proof of what you said apple talked about games and gaming but they didn't make it kind of a highlight of it it was really like this is a whole new this is a new paradigm. We might as well use that word until we can't say it anymore yeah. um, in computing. And I think we're going to see developers come up with things that we can't even imagine in the same way that the original mouse and graphical interface of the Mac and Windows brought about new ways of doing things that we couldn't imagine before that when we had to just type commands into a, into a prompt. And um, so... Again, you know, I'm not buying one. If anyone in our listening area, if you're listening to this show, and if you buy one, um, email a copy of the receipt <laughs> <laughs> to jimhydedmcn.org, and I will proudly make a $100 donation to KZYX. Well, hey, um, Jim, we got a call coming in. Maybe somebody, <laughs> oh, okay. maybe somebody has already put their. Maybe order. someone already did. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, you're on the air. Hello, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, is this Watch and Wave Radio? I'm sorry? Is this Watch and Wave Radio? Watch and Wave, yes. <laughs> Watch and Wave. Yes. Yeah, I, I just wanted to go into outer space for a moment. My my smartphone phone, uh, 14 is uh, 
sometimes uh, way beyond me in in uh, intellectual level. But when I go out of a out of range and it shows a little satellite icon, I'm afraid to do anything because it. it I, I'm, I'm just. It seems like it could be a 911 call. And um, uh, have you had any experience at all? And I don't know much about it, but I would love to just hang up and listen to your response. Yeah, and it'll have to be brief because we're almost out of time. But yeah, isn't Bob, isn't that like that emergency satellite mode where if you're not in cell range? Um, the newest iPhones, I think, have the, the emergency uh, frequency uh, channel or whatever you call it. That's not It's not the cellular network. It's the... Um, uh, emergency satellite network and you yeah. can only put a limited number they have like a coded packet that they can send to response services oops well, so so your caller is right on the mark you're not going to use that to you know yeah. call and order a burrito um you would only use it in the case of an emergency it's a really amazing feature um i've got an older iphone that does not have that um but yeah, it is a feature that I think was introduced with the iPhone 14. I think that's what the caller said he had. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't heard any. I mean, it was impressive when they came out with it. They gave a little bit of a demonstration, and that was it. We're out of time, Jim. Yeah. A pleasure, as always. Until next time. Good night, everybody. See you in two weeks. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.